And now we go to a wolf in the forest. It's actually a squeaky mic stand. Wow. Paul Plastino, get in this room! Where were you? You just disappeared. <laughs> We're trying to start this thing on time, man. What is on time? Yeah, that's very Paul. Shall we go? Yes. Let's weekly geek out. Chum, 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 now it's good to be a geek. The podcast. Geek out podcast, episode five. Oh, good. It's a musical now. That's there all the you singing go. you're going to hear from me. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is the weekly geek out podcast, the fifth attempt that we are making at this. I have so far heard from one human being outside of the podcast realm Whoa. who listens or is, is actively attempting to listen to the Weekly Geek Out podcast, and he's right on the other side of this wall. Oh, shoot. Darren in our traffic department. I was going to be like, I heard from a person, too. It's the same person. No! Oh, man. I don't even think it counts as a download. He just listens through the wall as we're recording. Well, that's probably what it is. Listening right now, live. (laughs) This is the live show. But if he's listening, if he's listening, then we have an audience of one. Fantastic. It's, that's how things build. We have, um, we can plug this actually. We have a lot of podcasts that are kind of going on right now. You have your PJ Party podcast, mm-hmm. Paul Placino, yep. I'm pointing at right now. Um, Art, who should be here, but uh, again is doing work. The part of Art is being played by Paul, Paul Placino. Placino. Uh, he's also got another podcast with Caleb Kirby in this building as mm-hmm. well. Yes. Um, and then Jenny's got uh, the period posse, the, or the, the rag. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know, I think up until, you know, today, like I think maybe Darren and some of the other staff thought that we were doing like uh, kind of a, compa- a companion to the period posse. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Called the penis apologies. Oh, or something. no. Oh, no. Let's not. Please. Let's not. Wow. Okay. I have from that period posse, the rag podcast, by the way, my contributions was... Your contributions were I, to uh, let them <laughs> let them know that the best thing would be to release that podcast once a month. <laughs> okay, makes they didn't know they were like when how often? No, no, like, they've joked about said, this before. Yeah, they have. They no, yeah, right at the beginning they're like we're gonna try and make have it come out once a month, but you know, just like periods, they can be a little unpredictable. Okay, yes, but how, that was they didn't reference that. That That's was for me. Okay, I was, all right. I said you should do it once a month, and they used that. And uh, I also, yeah, I think that was it. <laughs> that was your so just the one. About the, uh, from the rag? Oh, and also I learned from there, and I always carry with me in my backpack now, tampons, because that's how you be a good supporter. Yeah, I got tampons ah. in my trunk and my, my, my little first aid kit in my trunk, and I keep uh, some at home uh, just because it's always good to have some. You never know when a bleeder in your life might depend on you, and as a prepared gentleman, I've got tampons. Yeah. That's so nice. Well, so I've learned that. Through the Geek Out podcast now, <laughs> and I will start doing that. Okay, uh-huh. great. Do they don't have any Canucks things as well? We can yeah, bite the steeze. Let's maybe rewind um, for a second and get some establishment here because what we just, podcast are we doing? We just jumped right the heck into things. <laughs> this Hi. is my new podcast where I review podcasts. Right? Yeah, and it sucks. I, you know, the there thing. is a podcast review podcast. Oh, no, I couldn't. Isn't. I couldn't stand listening oh, to it for too long. Fuck. Hi, everybody. I'm Webmeister Bud. I am the host of Bud's Weekly Geek Out, which is a little three or four minute program Wednesdays uh, at seven twenty with Dylan and Jason on the morning zone on the zone at 91.3 and I am one third 
one-fourth, it's hard to say right now, of the weekly Geek Out podcast, which is a bunch of us talking about geeky things weekly. And let's go to Brian. Yes, I am DJ Boitano. I am a consistent member of this uh, podcast because <laughs> uh, I've been here for all five yep. episodes. I'm frequently heard on the Afternoon Zone uh, doing uh, the Zone's mixtape. And I am a huge geek about uh, movies, comic books, superheroes, all sorts of different things. So. Pointing at the guy in the crisp white shirt. Thank you. It's new. I am a Paul Plastino. I am the co-host of the Afternoon Zone on the Zone at 91.3 with the aforementioned Jenny West, as well as a host of the PJ Party podcast. Thank you for listening to that. I am just in a supporting guest role right now. Right now. Aronson is not here, but and I'm so happy to be here. I love being on this thing with you guys, but still, I'm like early days Leonardo DiCaprio on Family Ties. Fair point. That's a, that's a good example. Okay. Art Aronson, our uh, news guy, Art Aronson reports, mm-hmm. is, uh, is, was, is our third um, host, typically, of this. He's been, he was, you know, sort of there on the ground floor. He may still have the shares, uh, but two weeks in a row now, he has had to do actual, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reporting? Work. 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 Yeah, well, right. Work. Yeah, yeah, reporting work. work. Yeah, 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 so yes. he's doing the stuff that he's actually getting paid for in this building, <laughs> and so uh, he is uh, absent in this uh, episodes four and five of the podcast so far. So we talk about a lot of movie-ish things and comic-ish things and TV-ish things, and there will be spoilers a freaking plenty. Mm-hmm. So please note, we will start talking about the things first, and then you'll get a sense of whether or not if you you know if you haven't seen this or you don't think you want to know about it, then just plug your ears and say la 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 la. I'm gonna just for an average of like two minutes or so, mm-hmm. and then check back and see if we're still talking about it, and then repeat as necessary until we are on a different topic. Shall we begin? Let's begin. Let's. Avengers Four news. Catherine Langford from 13 Reasons Why has been cast in a minor role, and she might be Kate Bishop, who is the next Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Discuss. Well, okay, I haven't watched 13 Reasons Why, so I would like uh, you guys who have seen it, both of mm-hmm. you, um, please explain to me how she is good in that and why she'll be good in this. So 13 Reasons Why... No, I didn't see it. Brian? You didn't see it? <laughs> nope. Oh, I thought it was really good. 13 Reasons Why has two seasons on Netflix. I was surprised at the fact that it had a second season. Oh, wait, this um, is the one that's making everybody cry. Yeah, it's... I it's, remember this one. It, it touches on some really sensitive topics, including, you know, suicide, bullying, rape culture, all sorts of different things that youth of today are kind of dealing with. Yeah. And Catherine Langford plays a girl in a high school that essentially, you know, this is not really a spoiler alert because it starts with this. She committed suicide. But before uh, committing suicide, she put together 13 tapes, a series of tapes that basically outline what led to her her suicide. Mm. And her closest friend, it basically follows him and how he received the tapes. And he's listening. Every episode is a different tape, right? And then it focuses on a different person that contributed to uh, her eventual suicide. Whoa. Damn, uh, man. Heavy. That's heavy. I had no idea. Yeah. So Catherine Langford, she plays the protagonist in this, and she's shown a lot through flashbacks and stuff, uh, through little flashback sequences. And she plays this character so well hmm. so well like she's such a she's such a great actress to like uh, emotionally and 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 everything and i think she would do really well in um you know in in the marvel universe cuz they have a great track record of hiring 
incredible actors. Sure. So I think there, yeah, there was that one rumor is that she could be playing Kate Bishop. And the, now the one thing that I had read about this is that if she is, so if she plays a minor role as uh, Kate Bishop in Avengers Four. The other thing that uh, Disney's going to be doing is they start their streaming service and they're putting all sorts of money right. towards uh, television shows with that are focused on uh, Marvel characters, mm-hmm. right? So uh, we, we're going to be talking about one uh, coming up with uh, you know the Winter Soldier and Falcon, but one of them that's already kind of was already announced was uh, one with Hawkeye. And so the rumor has it is that it's going to pull from a storyline in the comic books from Hawkeye where he actually trains Kate Bishop to become essentially the new Hawkeye. Right. Which would be cool because you can you can totally see them kind of dragging out a bit of a storyline where there you know there's a new Hawkeye in training, mm-hmm. and which it, it's it's another great thing too that uh, Disney and and Marvel could do because now it. It, it gives the platform kind of like what Marvel and Netflix are doing with, with Daredevil and stuff, but it gives a platform as sort of like the TV properties as sort of the farm team to get to the big leagues, which is the movies. Right, right? yeah. So they can develop these these characters on the smaller screen through their streaming service and then throw them into bigger stories later on. That's honestly kind of brilliant. I love that plan. Mm-hmm. I kind of is. You know, I think when we talked about last week the uh, the possibility of that Disney streaming service coming down the line. Um, and I don't know if I said it out loud, but I've been thinking a lot about how, like, not interested. I already got Netflix. I'm not interested. I, I got Crave TV as well. Do I really, am I going to ramp up? Am I going to have 12 streaming services and all at a reasonable price of $8 a month? But now I'm paying $150 you know, for this um, to just stream every different service. But the more I think of it, and I hate to say this, I think the mouse might have me there. Mm-hmm. Because you get like all the properties that Disney owns, and how much time I spend on Netflix with Disney properties. Are they going to yank them all off our Canadian Netflix yeah. so that we will go to that? Yeah, it's like Disney might be one that's that I got to pay for. Well, yeah, I think because they have the biggest mousetrap, because yes. they have the most properties. Mm-hmm. Um, or is that the biggest mousetrap or the biggest block of cheese? We're mm. the mice. That no, they're a mouse. What is it? Well, how do we go this? Welcome yeah. to Analogies Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but because they have the most properties to draw from, because yeah. they're going to start owning Fox stuff as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's going to essentially be the place to go. That'll be the catch-all. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, this is where Netflix, I think, is probably, hopefully, really feeling it and panicking about creating more good, better content, mm-hmm. because... I believe that that uh, maybe not in the first year it's planning to launch. I believe uh, early 2019 the Disney streaming service. But at, when it gets established, it's going to be I would think Netflix's main competitor. Yeah, that's wild. And oh, man, um, but you know what? All it really takes is like a one or two pretty good things. I think for a lot of people, I think we're enjoying this beautiful time right now. This grace period where everyone has their one favorite streaming service. For many people, if they only have one, it's Netflix. Right, so like, yeah, that's your bill every month is your ten dollars a month. You get your internet providers, your Wi-Fi, and all that, and you get your ten dollars a month for Netflix that you carve out. But I think, you know, it's not going to be unreasonable to see people have two, three, four uh, streaming services down the line. People will likely hang on to Netflix because their original content has been relatively well proven uh, to be pretty good. I like Crave TV, guys. I legitimately pay seven or eight dollars a month all year round for. About two seasons of Letterkenny that come out every year. Dang. That's it. That's and that's, that's I just, I like Letterkenny that much mm-hmm. that I pay for Crave all through the year, and that's an insane thing. But I like going back and revisiting the episodes. But that keeps me there. So I, 
the more I think of it, the more that like if Disney has a streaming service and they've got all that content on there and everything, Star Wars, everything is on there. We'll they'll have us. Yeah, Disney has we'll Disney has like the parent and kid angle with yeah. all of their properties. Yes, they have the nostalgia angle with all the stuff that we enjoyed as a kid. Right, and they have now the more adult grown up stuff with all the Marvel and and the Fox things. They they are poised to be it and kind of amazing that uh, you know Netflix uh, is is facing hmm. this threat but yeah I think it's going to be a bit of a fight yeah mm-hmm. wow more Avengers 4 stuff while we're not anywhere near talking about that anymore um, actors that were spotted on set included Frank Grillo who, uh, Crossbones Captain America 2 and Civil War and Tilda Swinton the ancient one from Doctor Strange um, thoughts yeah, you know, the one thing I heard about that too, um, more so than him just being spotted on set, I was listening to another podcast and they're <laughs> actually saying that he flat, Frank Grillo flat, flat out said it in an interview. It's like, yeah, I'm going to be in Avengers 4, as you had a small part. Whoa. Because of the fact that he, I guess his contract, that's his sort of last thing that he's supposed to do with Marvel. His contract is <laughs> okay, up yes. and he had already gotten paid. Yeah. So he's like, I don't care. Yeah. Okay, I'll just, I'll just say it. Yeah. I was in it. That's so. okay. That is risky for him to do that, though, because yeah. do, you, do you read about the contracts, the ironclad, like make yourself bleed and sign here? Yeah, they can own your life. Yeah, like Disney owns you if you are anywhere near attached to an Avengers movie. So that's wild that he said that. Yeah, yeah. they're called non disclosure agreements for a reason, but. Uh, right. So, okay, you know and uh, pay better attention to me than me to these movies. Doesn't he die in Captain America 2? Yeah, he or gets Civil War? blown up. Yeah. He's uh, essentially because he had a. Uh, I guess he had like a sort of suicide vest or a right. bomb on That's him right. yeah. or something. And then um, he's basically the cause. It, it was great the way they brought him back and they used him because he was the catalyst event for the events of Civil War, for the Sokovia Accords. Right. Right? Because he was going to blow himself up in front of a crowded market, but then uh, Scarlet Witch picked him up with her kinetic energy or right. whatever. Yeah. Uh, but accidentally threw him against the side of a building, and he blew up the building instead. Right, right. That's neat. So, yeah. bit of a bit of a foster cluck there, but, but uh, you know, it's the same thing uh, with Tilda Swinton's character. She right? dies in Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so these two. This is where you're driving at, but I imagine that these two confirmed sightings. This all but confirms that we're going to be in flashback territory, flashback or, or time, time travel. travel or yes, yeah, yeah. One of those. One of those two. Because again, we still have the whole uh, dust thing to uh, to deal with right. post the snap. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it, it will either be everything's going to be restored and 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 fine and dandy, or uh, yeah, we're looking at uh, flashbacks and and possibly and how how maybe how some people make their way back. It's uh, it's, well, it's hard. Cool. To say. I, I kind of mm. like how they revisit these characters because it just shows sort of the power of this uh, cinematic universe, right? Mm-hmm. They can bring back sort of any character. There's a, a lot of actors that have been brought back that, you know, they don't mind doing, you know, small little parts just because, you know, it helps complete the story. Or uh, on the, conversely, like Marvel has thought that far in advance that'd be like, okay, Frank Grillo, you're going to be, you know, Crossbones, right. or you're going to be this character in... In the first, in the second Captain America, and then Captain America three, we're going to bring you back for just a little bit, right. and then we'll bring you back a little bit more in Avengers four. You know, for for them to have that amount of foresight mm-hmm. is is pretty cool. That's one thing I got to hand it to Marvel and all this their whole universe is that uh, very little retconning ever has to be done because you really get the feeling whether it is or it isn't. But there's so much pre planning yeah. uh, that goes into this whole thing. Um, I guess it's something that they've learned from doing a million years of comics, right? And mm-hmm. and well, knowing that the fans are that obsessive, they see all the little details. 
And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sure there must be a Marvel war room somewhere with oh, the yeah. giant map and all the, the, the tacks and strings tying all the stories right. from all the different types of universes <laughs> yeah. together so that they have an answer, yeah. you know, to all these questions and or a plan for things moving forward. I just, I don't think they're doing anything by accident. Oh, uh, if I were Kevin Feige, I'd go in that room all the time, just like strip naked and just roll around and it's just, wa- oh, look at the universe I've created. I am God. Yeah. Wouldn't you do that? I'm sure you would, Paul. That's, <laughs> um, <laughs> Put all the things like the string and stuff on the floor, yes. and then you just roll around naked on it. That's wow. right. It's a power yeah. move. Screaming eyes. Can I get God. really geeky on that uh, for a second? Do it, do it, do it. As an aside, so like we're talking about, I was talking about uh, this with somebody in terms of who's going to be the next Thanos in phase four, mm. right? What? And um, next? Well, like, you know, moving on. Oh, after the, next big, four, villain. the next oh, okay. big villain. The next big villain. Who's going to be the next guy? And uh, the fact that they've acquired uh, Fox, one of the characters that Fox has under their control, which is like, you know, under the Fantastic Four banner, is Galactus. <gasps> right? So Galactus oh, is the man. big that, that eats planets. Yeah. Um, big pointy helmet. There's this one huh. little side article that I was reading that, like, Basically, Marvel can pull from the events of what's happening with Infinity War in, in terms of all these stones and essentially retcon um, Galactus's story, like his his origin story, to basically be a reason why the Power Stone exists, that purple one, because the purple one is the one that destroys planets, and that's essentially what he does. Uh-huh. He eats planets, yeah. and he's um, one of these beings that was sort of the first being of the universe like he was there before Thanos and he was there essentially when the big bang had occurred right so um they could kind of show a little bit of a galactic's backstory and essentially something happens that turns him into or like his remnants or his horcrux if you <laughs> good way to put it yeah is the power stone so like essentially the power stone's origin comes from Galactus. What a fantastic tie-in that would be. Yeah, oh, and man. wouldn't it be cool to have Phase 4 of Marvel tie into the introduction of the Fantastic Four, which is also Marvel's first family, right? And oh, then yeah. the Fantastic Four ties very much into the Galactus story, so... Good excuse you know. for a reboot. Anyway, that's just my geeky aside. Let me oh, uh, l- let me jump in for a second. Retcon is a portmanteau of a retroactive continuity, continuity, mm-hmm. where uh, a writer of some kind, you know, be it uh, movie, TVs, or whatnot, will write in a backstory after the fact when they hadn't actually thought of it in the first place. Right. I think that's about right. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Shall we talk about the <laughs> chilling adventures of Sabrina, the reboot of Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Have you, have, did you spend some time with this? I spent a lot of time with it. Last night as we're recording this was Halloween. And so uh, what better to watch than a whole bunch of chilling adventures of Sabrina? You guys haven't watched any of it? No, I haven't. Didn't yet. have a chance. I was trick-or-treating with Kidlets and... I don't know why. I don't know why this one appealed to me, but it absolutely does. It's like I don't watch Riverdale. I don't watch any of the Netflix, hardly of their shows. You know, it's like the dramas. But uh, this one got me with the trailer, and so yeah, I'm watching it, and I think it's really great. I'm, it's it's kind of scary, but not too scary. You can't sleep at night. Um, uh, Sabrina's an interesting character. You know, similar to you were talking about the 13 Reasons Why, it's full of like a lot of really kind of heavy issues. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's a lot of um, interesting things going on in terms of like what uh, the cool teens of the day are dealing with. And it's modernized, right? Present day. I don't think so, and that's the really ah. neat thing about this show is they don't tell you when it's taking place. No. So you don't quite know. Sabrina kind of 
talks and everything is all, all very feels very modern, but you never see an iPhone. Yeah, that that was going to be the first the first clue is the tech, right? Okay, exactly. so you never see any of that stuff. But they also never tell you that it's uh, you know it's like back in the fifties. I don't. I'm trying to think if I've ever seen any cars on it. You know, it's like, but it's very. It's uh, it's got a, like a floating time place so they could at any moment take out an iphone and you wouldn't be surprised but also they live in a spooky old witch house where all the technology is old right and they're all yeah. a bunch of witches and so they're using like old-timey things so it's that is kind of one of the neatest things and i've seen some articles about it, how that's a neat thing that you never know when it is taking place i do kind of like that because not only does that 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 takes sort of that's a distraction i yeah. think you know it's like mm-hmm. oh phone or whatever but that also makes it more timeless yes. you know you're rewatching the x files and they're flipping open those flip phones yeah. or whatever and yeah, it's just like right. oh this is very dated yeah. uh, and to to take those elements out those timely uh, timely elements out i think will only help your show in the long run 1000% well as we know technology moves so fast it's like i can tell when someone is using an iphone on a movie is like based on the operating system you know what I mean? Like based on what it looks like, like yeah. how the camera looks, I can tell which iPhone. Never mind the actual hardware itself. I can tell which year this was created. Although keep in mind, there are people in the movie industry whose jobs it is mm. to come up with pretend um, user interfaces Devices, right. for computers and whatnot to make them generic. And because uh, a lot of that stuff is intellectual property that is copyrighted and cannot be used properly in a movie. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Sidebar then. What do you prefer seeing in a movie? I like it when I see someone is using an iPhone and it's very clearly an iPhone, right? Versus just like a generic brick smartphone. You know what I mean? Like some movies you can really tell, like, and again, it's the one I'm familiar with, but you can tell the operating system is that one. Do you like that or do you rather it's just like totally different? A good example I always feel like too is in crime shows like CSI and stuff like that in the Law and Order. They're like, as they're investigating, oh, we had a look at his my face, but uh, it's like, oh, you couldn't say Facebook or MySpace. My face. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> we looked at his uh, Instaport picture profile and you know it's like they always do a fake fakey phono f- phony version yeah do you like the real thing or do you like the fo- fakey phono brian because I, I have an opinion on this really oh yeah oh, i would love you to go first thing oh I man i like it for for years this has bothered me like the spiderfinder.com or whatever right. you know yes. i hate that i get it i get it it's going to cost you money to license these things yeah. and mm-hmm. along the lines of blade runner these brands could you know die and 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 but I honestly think, though, when you're making a show, you kind of have to think shorter term. You're making it for this audience right now. Right. Get the licensing if you can. Get the real Facebook if you can, yeah. um, you know, or, or YouTube or whatever. It just it kills me yeah. to see these puffed up, um, you know, su- slimmed down interfaces. And I'm sorry, I'm getting all about this just because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a user interface kind of guy. So I, I notice these things. I'm probably more sensitive than other people, but it's like, you know, your simplified YouTubes with your fake logo that has yeah. a little bit of red and black in it. Um, that I find extra distracting yes. and I would rather it just be the real thing. I also get there's licensing though. Does it ever feel like they have to add an extra line to sort of explain what my face is or, or whatever? Or uh, sometimes. 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 Sometimes I think, yeah. Well, yeah, even if not, if they leave it. I just find, and you know, like you said, you're very sensitive because it's what you deal with all day long. It's your uh, uh, wheelhouse. But I think just for general people too who don't live in it, it's a bump. It yeah, okay. Bumps you, like you know, it's like a classically the classic example in movies is the five five five, right? Mm. What's the phone number of the store? Five 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 two three one zero. Okay, what's your home number? That's okay. You can give it to him. I'm a police officer. 
555-3812. Amazing. I'm willing to bet that everyone has a 555 number. So? So? There can only be 9,999 numbers that start with 555. How many people live in L.A.? Eight or nine million. Aha! That's why we have area codes. Make up three other great, numbers. Great example. Why always the 555? Five, five, yeah, the 555 yeah. five, five totally bumps you, and it's like, it's like a punch in the arm being like, hey, fucko, you're watching a movie. Right? For a little what? bit of for That's... a little bit of history, a number number prefix phone number prefixes had to be given out as five 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 because in case anybody saw the movie and wanted to dial that number, five 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 was not an existing prefix. Well, I actually right. did do that once. Did you? I, got, I was like, like I was a kid, and yeah. was like five 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 whatever. I was whatever movie I was watching, and I was like, yeah, let's let's call that dude up and see. <laughs> and how did that go for you, Brian? Not, not well. Another thing too. Also, in in Infinity War, mm-hmm. you actually on the cell phone that Captain America, the flip phone that or that uh, Tony Stark is holding, yeah. Steve Rogers. They actually no, that Tony Stark is holding. He's holding, but, like, but it says Steve Rogers. Yeah, it right? says Steve Rogers. Yeah, his and contact it actually has a phone number. Is it a five five five? No, oh. it's a real phone number. <gasps> yes. Um, it would have been cool if that actually led somewhere, but it didn't. It's a disconnected oh, phone. Man. That should be the law. Yes, it yeah. should. Movies just set up a voicemail. Yeah. So when I call that number, I get Steve Rogers being like, "Hey, it's Steve. What's happening? I can't come to the phone right now." Exactly. Absolutely. Just have it in perpetuity. That exists. Absolutely. Like I know that a movie, maybe it was Snakes on a Plane. Released a phone number, and when you called it, it was Samuel L. Jackson being Fantastic. like, I'm on a plane right now, and I can't talk to you, but call me yeah. back, okay? Ghostbusters, the same thing. Like, in the movie, it's like, call us. We want to believe you. Their television commercial, there was a real number on I'm thing. I'm pretty sure you could call, maybe till to this day, and you get an answering service that, like, Egon Spengler picks up and is like, or Janine or whoever it was, so we'll good. call you back about your yeah. ghost. Marketing! Easy! Yep. Cheap! That's do exactly it forever! It Put a real number in there! People notice these details. Yeah, of course they do! Or, if you're me, and when I was a kid and I had the tape recorder and there was a song or something that had some touch tones in it, I yes. was a bit of a, uh, I would rec- I recorded that <laughs> and then I picked up my phone and I played it back. Right. Um, and this is why I tell people on the radio, when you're phoning somebody for a contest, do not air the recording of all 10 numbers. Yeah. Because somebody right. like me, yeah. who is a, you know, a baby phone freaker, will record that mm-hmm. and then play it back and try and dial the number. Here's the number I phoned. one Oh dang! What was it? No, no, no. At, at at the time, I don't believe it was. Um, I don't believe. Yeah, we didn't have those. The, the number was five 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 one two one two. And do you know where I ended up? Mm. The directory assistance line for Great Neck, New York. Oh, ooh, yeah, really strange. I like I like I had recorded this off the radio or something and played it back on my tape, yeah. and then eventually I deciphered the numbers and and yeah, five 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 one two one two was directory assistant for Great Neck, New York. So what what did you record this off of? Uh, it was like a song or something that I heard off of the radio okay. or TV, yeah. and I was. <clears throat> Pardon me. I was just one of these kids where I I had a tape recorder and I recorded everything and for for whatever reason just in case and yeah. some song or commercial or something played these tones and I'm like well, I know how phones work I picked up my phone and I put it against the thing and I played it back and yeah somebody like directory assistance I went Argh! and I hung up the phone and I wow. panicked and, uh, and 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 I did some research later on and found out uh, that that's that's who I'd called. See, but I love stuff like that and I feel bands and artists and uh, you know it's like people making movies should do fun things like that. Absolutely. If that was a Bruce Springsteen song and it's like you called up to the Grand Central Station or something like that or somewhere in New Jersey or whatever like just an answering service you would love that. That would be a great little piece of fun nostalgic history 
mystery and like an Easter egg for true fans yeah. to know about. That's the key is the, the for the, the majority of people who are going to be paying this much attention and going this extra mile, yes. you are solidifying them yes. as a fan yes. if you do You're something them cute forever. and cool like yeah. this. Yeah. I just want to remind you, we got uh, we got onto this tangent by talking about the chilling adventures of Sir Sabrina and whether or not they were using phones. Uh, right. Have we <laughs> talked about the show at all? The show, because you guys haven't watched it, I'll just wrap up by saying it's a really enjoyable show. Um, uh, it's spooky, scary. Uh, Sabrina's a really cool character. The acting is phenomenal. The young lady who plays Sabrina is like, she's getting a ton of good praise for it and well as she should. Um, uh, I would recommend it. Although, I will admit last night at Halloween, I was trying to blast through it because the veil is thin in October, you guys. Right. Yeah. Do you know what that right. means? Yeah. It means that the ghost world and the human world are connected in October. So I was trying to blast through it. It came out on the 26th of October right in town for Halloween. I'm the same way with Stranger Things. I try and blast those spooky shows out kind of between then they come out and Halloween and because uh, I think my interest will wane now that Halloween. Well, no, is it's, over. it's All Saints yeah. Day, and then from that's there right. on, we're done. We all, just, that's right. Yeah, yeah let's, almost, let's put up the Christmas decorations. Yeah, no, let's right. not. So let's not weird do that. Watching Sabrina as the uh, Christmas decorations go up, so I'm okay. trying to blast through it. But for this time of year, get in and get out. It's so did really you finish good. it last night? No, I got a few episodes left uh, to watch, you so I'll get that in. And be like, okay, now let's watch Elf. Yeah, Home Alone. Yeah, but it is perfect for the time of year. All right. Uh, Jason Statham, good-looking dude, and The Rock, good-looking dude. We're putting two good-looking dudes together again, but in a spinoff, maybe, of Fast and Furious. Oh, my goodness. What do we think of this? It's a good-looking young lady as well with The Rock, too, in this, isn't there? Aren't they the two main stars? Well, um, Jason Statham is going to be the main star with The Rock because they are essentially... They showed in the last Fast and the Furious movie that they're kind of really good at buddying up and you know sort of being that that team together uh-huh. um and then she uh what's what's her name vanessa uh she plays hattie shaw so vanessa kirby vanessa kirby actress. that's it jason statham plays a guy called deckard shaw mm. um great name like this very realistic <laughs> yeah sorry yeah <laughs> and so this i'm assuming she's gonna be his maybe sister or whatever okay. or i don't know if it's even a love interest or, or or whatever but i love the fast and furious franchise yeah. i have i have no shame in saying that it's just popcorn don't have to think about anything just watch you know and it's and that's that's all it is to me I love at this moment where you guys both look at me for some strange reason of timing I feel you know like for a guy who's you, you, this podcast is kind of named after my show mm-hmm. of Geek Out. There's a whole lot that I have not yet geeked out about, and mm. Fast and Furious is one of them. I have not seen any of the movies. I'm very sorry. Well, since <laughs> it wasn't, oh, wow. I don't know if it was necessarily um, something that you would necessarily like. It wasn't a geeky thing to begin with. It was one of those shows. Well, that's when true. When it first came out in 2001, yeah. it was one of those shows that. It was either kind of like this action movie or this sort of drama for meatheads. Right. <laughs> what a good way to put it. Yeah. And I was into it with, with, with my buds. It was like I, was, I had just kind of graduated high school and we went to see Fast and the Furious in, um, 
in in theaters. Uh, so yeah, this was back in like '01, and uh, I just remember it, it definitely wasn't what it is now. Sure, sure, it's grown um, into quite a big franchise and sure. probably a little uh, less serious than it was in the early for sure. days. And yeah. I think very much now, like if you were to watch this one versus the first one. You can see that this one very much makes fun of itself. Yeah, weren't you know, they throwing tanks or something in the Arctic in this last yeah, one or something? Yeah, in the like, last that's one, they're, amazing. They're being chased by a submarine. Yeah, and, I watch all the trailers and I'm like, yeah. that's funny. That's pretty yeah. interesting stuff. Yeah. I, that might be a good movie to watch. Two-hour car chase. But that's pre- essentially what it is. Is it's like it's a, it's one of those things where you can turn your brain off uh, and, and then watch. So, have you seen any of them? I watched like the first two, and I was like, oh, oh, sorry, everyone, this is not for me. I'll see myself out of the theater. <laughs> um, but. Okay, so you watch the the one with yeah, so the first one Vin and Diesel? then the one with Tyrese becoming sort of the Vin Diesel type character, right? Like, uh, yeah, I guess so. I'd like to visit it now that the Rock's there. I bet he does. What do they call him because of this? He's the franchise instigator or whatever. It was like yeah. the franchise steroids. You know what I would do then if you want to start watching um, or start kind of catching up. You don't necessarily need to watch the third mm. uh, because the third has nobody from the the original. Is that Tokyo series? Drift? Yeah, that's Tokyo Drift. And you know yeah, what? I saw that too. The third Halloween movie had nothing to do with the rest of the series either, but I really enjoyed <laughs> exactly. the third yeah, Halloween right. movie. <laughs> Anyways, uh, tangent. So you don't necessarily have to watch it. I would go from the fourth on. Okay. And because the fourth... Uh, it starts to become just more of the action action movie that it is now, mm-hmm. and then in the fifth one they they bring in the Rock, and then they bring in all the people from the or like the first two, and actually they they because like the third one the only redeemable part of the third one is this this one character his name is Han but I forget the guy the the actor's name so they string him along for the ride okay. and, and essentially turn the fourth into a bit of a prequel of the third one and then the fifth he's still in it and it's yet it's still a prequel for the third one because spoiler alert in the third one he dies <laughs> let me challenge you let me challenge you on this whole fan- franchise Brian yeah the character's garb right the char- I know people are in love with Paul Walker yeah uh, the Rock is, I'm sure, says a lot of very quippy things. <laughs> Vin Diesel lives his life a quarter mile at a time. Yeah. Right? Okay. Who, who gives a rip? These are action figures to which to push into your Hot Wheels to then play they with. They were right? the drivers they're, of the car. They're car chase movies. Yeah. But aren't the car chases a bunch of CGI bullshit nonsense? Not all. Of, well, uh, a lot of them. A lot of, like, a lot of the action sequences, you're like, you know, like it was in the sixth one, maybe? Vin Diesel, in order to save this girl that looked like she was going to fall. Yeah. In between the two highways. In between the two highways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh He uh, gets onto the hood of his moving car and then he jumps and then catches her in midair and then they kind of do a twist in the air and he lands on the hood uh, of a car in the opposite direction highway. And in the opposite direction yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And he's he's alive and no bruises or anything like that. Who even cares about the structural integrity of the body? That's no, fantastic. Exactly. Wow. No, thank you. Look, at, do you know what I think ruined <laughs> Fast and the Furious, the whole franchise for me? Was because maybe there was a part of my like pre twenty year old fully formed adult male brain that was watching it going like, car chases. Okay. <laughs> when Death Proof came out, Quentin Tarantino yeah. made this movie and proclaimed loud and clear, no fake cars. 
These cars are doing the things you see them do. This is a callback to the time in movies where if you wanted a car to do a crazy thing, you had to hire a guy who could make a car do a crazy thing and then put, put a camera near it <laughs> so that it would capture that car doing that crazy thing. That is what this movie is. So no, they don't jump a car from one building to the next <laughs> from 30 feet stories up, but the car's chases are pretty still neat to watch. And I think that to me was a like subliminal wake up call. Is like, wait a minute, those cars aren't really racing in the Arctic. <laughs> I don't want to watch this Fast and the Furious. And so I now, even though it's less, let's say, exciting, I will only watch car chases, and I will only my brain knows to only give a shit and be excited if I know those are real cars. That's it. That's it. Again, Avengers is different. There's things going on. The characters are fun. I care about Tony Stark. But these Fast and the Furious, quarter mile of time, Vin Diesel flexing the whole time. Who gives? I think that's the difference between you and me, though. Because when I go, when I go to the theater to watch these movies, I'm not talking to my brain. You're, that's what it I'm is. I'm like, shut up, brain. I'm my, watching a movie now. I know, I know. I have this conversation with people all the time. I was like, sure, who cares if I'm watching The Real Housewives? I'm turning my brain off. Your brain never turns off, Brian, especially in the case of these things. Your brain even while it's sleeping is processing and reorganizing things to serve you better in life. Only do good things for your brain. Sorry, bud. You've got that look on your face. You should have put a shouting warning at the beginning of the I show. Sh- sorry. I'm off the air this week and I'm full of coffee, so I'm so desperate to oh, shout into a microphone. Happened? So I'm so pent up. I got all these theories. I have to point out that <laughs> Paul Plastino has been yelling so loud that I'm hearing the reverberation off the springs on the the, the, the microphone sorry. arms. He's Like, he's just... I think there's a certain point here where only dogs can hear you, Paul. This is incredible. I bet you Darren in the next room is enjoying this live podcast. Oh, hugely. Yeah, these walls are not very well insulated. Okay, thanks for that, Paul. That was um, some... But I'm really excited about the (laughs) spinoff. You know what I love? Okay, so what I love, one more thing about Fast and the Furious, what I love so very much is because of how, like, the caliber of these main characters now, these actors... Right. How The Rock and Vin Diesel hated each other so much mm. that they couldn't be in the same room with each other. Wait, truth? Really? This, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, the, filming, the filming of The Fate of the Furious oh. in Fast and the Furious 8, they were feuding so badly that they couldn't be in the same room with each other. Oh, man. So they always filmed their scenes separately. You can actually tell <laughs> in the movie that, like... The Rock has his scenes. Vin Diesel has his scenes. There's really no interaction. Is it sorry? Is it two. Vin and The Rock, or is it Statham and The Rock that hate um, each other? No, no, no. Vin Diesel and The Rock. This okay, is kind okay, of okay. The, the reason why uh, The Rock and uh, Jason Statham are doing their own spinoff, ah. which Vin Diesel didn't really approve of. I, I had no idea about this. This yeah. is actually that's, oh, that yeah. makes it much more interesting. Yeah, yeah. So like there, and then there's this scene at the end where everybody's all together because they're a happy ending, uh-huh. you know. But uh, there's a scene where like The Rock is is kind of in the forefront and he's um, sort of saying his lines, and Vin Diesel is off kind of in the background of the shot, looking out at a balcony, and apparently that was either. Uh, a double, oh, man. or he was digitally put in there. Jeez, Incredible. Yeah. So it was that bad. And then in Fate of the Furious, so that's Fast and the Furious Eight, this mm-hmm. is his most recent one. Mm-hmm. There was uh, a reportedly a post-credit scene that was filmed 
for that movie that would set up the spinoff between uh, with The Rock and Jason Statham yeah. that Vin Diesel heard about and kiboshed as a producer <gasps> of the, uh, the movie. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Couple of things about this. If you're Vin Diesel, why wouldn't you hate The Rock? Mm. Sorry, we got an even bigger bald guy who's yeah. way more charismatic than you, yeah. and he's gonna totally take your franchise pretty much away from you, and everyone's gonna love him more. I would hate his guts as well. Fair enough. Number two, if I was a writer of this or a producer, I'd be like, oh yeah, you guys hate each other, right? Guess what the next scene is? <laughs> you guys punching each other. Yeah. And then just get them in a room together and be like, don't hold back. And then see how much real punching you could get. I want to see these guys gladiator style actually punching each other's guts. Good oh, idea, Paul. Sure. Good idea. Yeah, sure. That's, that's, that's <laughs> a million dollar idea. These waivers, but I want real punches. That's how you get me. No fake car chases and no fake uh, drama. I want real hatred on the screen. Dang. <laughs> okay, man. I'd pay for that. Okay. <laughs> Dang. Holy shit. That's so good. That was the best. <laughs> rant ever. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's his name? Mackie. Mackie. The Anthony Fal- Mackie. Anthony Mackie. I first saw him in a movie, one of my favorite, hard to even put it in a genre, movies called The Adjustment Bureau. This is a movie with yeah. uh, Matt, Damon Matt Damon and Emily Blunt and... Uh, if you have not seen the movie, holy smokes, it's been out forever, like I think seven years, so spoilers in your face. What, what do they adjust? They adjust um, the course of fate, basically. Mm-hmm. So Matt Damon is this politician, and he meets this woman in, em- in Emily Blunt, and there, there are these, these people in the Adjustment Bureau. They're the, you, you, they could be anybody, but they're always going to be wearing a hat. And uh, they make subtle adjustments in, in things and in the world to steer people on the course of their lives as they see in their cool little animated books. Uh, have you not seen this, Paul? No. Fantastic oh, dude, good, oh. music as well from, I think his name is Thomas Newman. He did um, uh, Lemony Snicket's uh, Series of Unfortunate Events and uh, American... Uh, 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 oh, my God. Uh, what's the name? Kevin Spacey. Um, oh, uh, American Across- Beauty? American Beauty, yeah. 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 Um, Beautiful. Anyways, yeah, so... Just a great movie all around. Like, I don't know if it's sci-fi or drama or romance or whatever, because it's a great story between the two lead characters. Anthony Mackie is your protagonist-antagonist guy with the hat from the Adjustment Bureau, and he is the one I paid super-duper attention to when he showed in Marvel, because I'm just like, oh, that is so cool! I know you from this other thing! Right. So Anthony Mackie, that's a huge preamble, uh, plays Falcon in the Marvel Universe, and... Where did we first see him? Do you remember? Uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier. Right. Um, which, uh, again... Is it Winter Soldier or Civil War? Which is my second favorite uh, movie or my, uh, Marvel movie? Probably right? Winter Soldier. Yeah, he he keeps getting lapped, right? Yeah. That's your kind of yeah. your reaction oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Cap, so, right? Yeah, so that's the one. Uh, Winter Soldier, Falcon, a TV series in the works huh. from Marvel and Disney. So for that, I say thanks, guys, because that's a bunch of my favorite things. I wonder how this would shake out. Well, I love their dynamic in um, Civil War. Because, like, so in you don't really get to see them together too, too much in The Winter Soldier because The Winter Soldier is essentially the bad guy, right. the antagonist in this. So they have maybe a, a really quick fight scene in uh, The Winter Soldier in the second Captain America. But in Civil War, Winter Soldier's kind of turned around. 
he's sort of a pr- protagonist now. Spoiler yeah. alert, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> uh, he's sort of a protagonist now, and there's like this like little buddy cop dynamic between the two of them because mm-hmm. they're both Captain America's best friends. Exactly. Right. right. So. Yeah. yeah. Both of whom, spoiler alert, turned to dust in the end of Infinity War. It's still getting believe. Did they right. both? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh. So how could they possibly be planning a TV show about Isn't that? Well, they're both dust. Question. The whole thing is this just is a, a dustbin the whole time. Yeah. It's I basically two piles of dust being pushed around <laughs> by Chris Evans, and Chris <laughs> Evans is on. doing the voices for both. Yeah, he's of doing those. the both. Like, yeah. Hey there, hey there, Bucky. Hey there. Yeah. You guys are my best friend. Yeah. And his tear rolls down his cheek. <laughs> I love you both equal. <laughs> so possibly more evidence that the snap is not as permanent as we once thought. Mm. But yes, you know, other evidence is maybe this also means that uh, Captain America isn't making it out of this thing. Um, you know what? Which I think before the movie came out was the big speculation that Captain yeah. America was going to be like the one big death of this movie. Because in the trailers, I believe they showed like the whole, you know, Thanos holding his head and the yeah. vigor and the yeah. blood in his face yeah. and whatnot. But he makes it. Yeah. But this is a good point. Perhaps, you know, for how long? Yeah. So oh, yeah. like, oh, no, our best friend Captain America died. Let's go do our own TV series now. Totally. Because otherwise, like, what do you do with those characters? They really do work best as... You know, Captain America's two best buds. You yep. can't then have them team up, I guess, with Tony Stark or whatever. But this could also this could because both of them in the comic books, they both end up becoming Captain America, oh. like taking up the Captain America mantle right. in their own way. Um, Man, comics th- are so cool. Yeah, yeah. So this could also kind of be a series that leads up to that. Like, who's gonna take up? Who's gonna take up Steve Rogers' mantle, or, or you know, right. keep his legacy going? Right? Do like, you think? But I don't know about that because I feel like even in the movies now, like it's like uh, Steve Rogers is never referred to as Captain America anymore. Not really in Infinity War because he's Cap. kind of yeah. They call him Cap. He's the captain of the Avengers and all that, yeah. but he's kind of leaving that behind. Yeah. Um, Marvel has done a good job from the start of the Captain America franchise in kind of like winking so hard at the audience and the rest of the world and all the like non-American flag-waving patriots out there that we get it. This is a uh, you know comic character from a bygone era. Yeah. You know, it's like super cheese ball that this guy's wearing an American flag. Yeah. They've done a really good job kind of turning him into like a relatable modern person. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, uh, uh, we're in all black in the last one, introducing himself as Steve Rogers now, right? Yeah. So, um, so I, if I had to put money on it, I would say that neither of them two. I'd say Winter Soldier and the Falcon are more interesting, more modern characters, and probably neither of them will take up the shield, let's say, of right. Captain America and the name and the mantle of it. Maybe they'll have, you know, let's say he does die. I would imagine that he does die in Avengers Four. Probably they'll be wearing like as a part of their costume an American flag armband or something yeah. like that as like a tribute to him but or I maybe like it. they in instead of just becoming Captain America per se mm-hmm. you know maybe he passes the shield on to one of them oh. right. so the shield becomes part of their their arsenal right but they're not necessarily calling themselves Captain America you know they like because they have a way of doing things very subtly yeah. right like Anthony Mackie's character Falcon if they went with the full-on comic book character, one, he wouldn't be having, he wouldn't be wearing like these necessarily mechanical suit 
as his wings. Mm-hmm. It's it's essentially kind of like it it looks like real wings in the uh, in the comic <laughs> book. And he doesn't have like a little that little gadget uh falcon thingy, the drone? Uh, yeah, the drone. Yeah. He doesn't have a drone. He has an actual falcon that he communicates with and that does his That's thing. fantastic. Yeah, this harkens back this harkens back to X-Men and we had uh-huh. a character called Angel with real wings and eventually I believe those wings were burned off or he was hurt or something and then yeah. rebuilt mechanically and came right. back I believe as Archangel. Yeah. Um but the, yeah, again, comics, right? And yeah. And these characters, they have been explored so little mm. that that's the perfect opportunity is in a TV series to flesh out the backstories yeah. and get more, you know, um, detail on on each of these people. And then, yeah, how they work together. I'll mm-hmm. watch it. I um. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm really. I'm not living up to my to my geek title very well. I I don't know if I, I gotta. I have to listen back. But I think I may have been saying that Civil War was my like favorite Marvel movie. It's Winter Soldier. It's, I, I think I've just been getting them confused, just like the subtitles after the titles. Right. But basically, The Winter Soldier, where Bucky Barnes shows up and is the Winter Soldier and is a real badass, and then Nick Fury's car gets flipped. Like, that is my favorite Marvel movie. Anyways, that's well, yeah. it. Art would agree with you, and I I don't know. It's not not flashy enough for me. I, what? Too political thrillery. It's not well, what I that's a, I think that's what I liked about it, is the yeah. fact that they it, it proved that Marvel was more than just quote unquote superhero movies. Right. right? Yeah, that, that gives it the balance. I get it. into no, no, a sure. political thriller. Yeah. And Robert Redford's casting was brilliant in this totally. because like he's the political thr- thriller guy. Right. Yeah, and, right. Uh, so he plays a, a really cool character in it. And um I yeah, I up in, I think up until Civil War, uh Winter Soldier was definitely my top uh, Marvel movie. I don't know. Like, I'm still kind of debating whether or not I like Civil War a little bit better because Civil War, what that is to me, is a psychological thriller, right? See, and uh, I didn't like Civil War because I'm a huge pacifist, and I'm just like, why is everybody fighting? Can't we all get along? And I really no, didn't really. like it that but way. That's what I loved is that 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 airport scene was the most entertaining yeah. and the most heart-wrenching to watch, right? Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, Definitely on your emotions. Yeah, it's, it's got the fun factor ramped up a little bit more over Winter Soldier, which again, like as a dope, I'm happy for that. I want to be engaged <laughs> on like a fun level. I so you be like chuckling. turning your brain off, do you? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but I just like chuckling and laughing and, you know, as again, you're upset that these characters are fighting each other and that's pretty much, that's what they want from you, I think. Yeah, just like I was pretty freaking upset when everybody started turning to dust. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's kind of all they can do is uh, he's like, this is Marvel's kind of their game plan. Is like, uh, first movie, uh, fight the bad version of you. Yeah. Uh, later on, fight each other. Uh, <laughs> later on, we'll uh, invent a new villain who's you know who you actually is care about, who's not a bad version of you. Then you get to team up, right? Then you'll team up and punch <laughs> him. But that's all it is, right? It's like we have all these characters. We just gotta make them punch each other. Everyone's gonna punch. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Plastino's war room is much smaller than Marvel's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't punched yet? Just a bunch of fists on a board. That's right. right. Who can we punch? You fight. You punch. Oh, man. Um, Okay, quick Marvel break um, to something that I don't know. I'm not sure who is aware of this besides me and Darren and Lauren and a a small number of people in this office who are Mm. aware of something called Attack on Titan. Um, in Japanese, it's Shingeki no Kyojin. And so this is uh, an anime that came out in 2013. And the premise is, out of nowhere, sometime in the future on Earth, 
gigantic versions of people started wandering around. Mm-hmm. They are uh, huge. They don't speak. They're 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 generally asexual. They don't have any genitals, and they eat people. They will just pick you up and eat you. Oh, no. And this seems to be their only motivation. And the the planet is devastated by this. The population is just being eaten left, right, and center. Nobody knows where these things came from, h- how to stop them, and basically what humanity does is they build they build a wall, like a sort of a circular castle wall around their most important people, and then slowly they build a second wall and a third wall. And so it's a bit of a class thing too. You have your uh, your rich people in the middle, your middle uh, in the in the middle um, in the center circle. It's a second circle. You have your, your middle class, and then you have your uh, your sort of poor people on the outside because those are the ones that'll get eaten by the titans first if they break through the wall. Right. Is it a dome? No, it's they're just they're three walls. Uh, oh, but they're, they're taller than the titans are. They're taller than the titans are. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, okay. and they all have names: Wall Maria, Wall Sheena, and and so at the beginning of this anime. Mankind has lived fairly peacefully in this cage for a hundred years. Mm. And then a gigantic freaking titan shows up and kicks a hole in the wall and all hell breaks loose. And it is a really... Um, the, uh, and again, I'm very affected by music, so the music in this, super intense, really adds to the story. Mm. And and uh, we follow one character named Aaron, whose mother, spoiler alert, is eaten at the end of the first episode, and this he sort of becomes his crusade to stop the titans and how do you stop gigantic humanoid things Mm. is well you strap gas canisters like compressed gas canisters to yourself that fire out these um they're they're sort of like grappling hooks and they call it 3d maneuvering gear and so you'll hook onto a tree and you will fly up into the air and then you have these really sharp exacto blade knives because somehow the smarty pants have have determined that if you slice a, a a pie wedged shape out of the nape of the neck of a titan that will kill it, but nothing else will. Cool. Wow. Yeah. It's a fantastic, uh, it was started as a manga, and I've got probably the first 10 or 15 of those, And uh, but what I saw first was was the anime. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, they had a double-length first season, um, a single-length second season, and we're, we're deep in the third season now and hugely popular like i won't put this at the level of of akira which you know sort of came over to the west and introduced a a bunch of people to anime Mm. from japan but i think this might be sort of another wave of it for for whatever reason this has become such a popular thing and i believe it has permeated into a good lot of pop culture out here in 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 the west and and they they made a movie the 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 uh, japanese folks made a two-part a live-action movie about uh, Attack on Titan or Shingeki no Kyojin, and it was the worst, the absolute horrible, worst, bad, awful two-part movie. Like, it was just... It was horrible. So we're trying again. Uh, In in America this time, the director of It, the Stephen King It movie, just... Um, your Halloween decoration, Brian, yeah. of just a single red balloon <laughs> on your porch was brilliant. Freak some people out. As I was driving around um, shooting uh, Trick or Treat Beat the Street, the sequel, um, I saw a lady walking down the street with a box of supplies and a red balloon hanging off her wrist. Right. And then yeah. I saw your thing. I'm just like, that's so perfect. <laughs> so yes, uh, Andy, Andy Muschietti, uh, who directed It!, will be directing a, a movie, an American movie adaptation of Attack on Titan, and hard to say, sorely disappointed in the other live-action movies, so I'm, I'm all for a new kick at the can at this. 
You guys have no idea what I'm talking about, and I've been talking for five minutes. Do you have any thoughts? <laughs> have you seen the new It? Oh. Right. So you, no. Um, I'm a horrible geek. I just, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, again, I, again, I don't know if it's necessarily a geek thing, um, but the new It was. It's a horror movie. That's like, what think, I've heard. You yeah. Know, do you think this is gonna kind of take that angle of it, or? Here's the thing: the, the 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 anime itself is pretty unforgiving in its brutality. Oh yeah, like people people are getting eaten. Like that's sort of one of the main premises of the show. So honestly, of all people, you know this, you know, and you're you're shooting for an R rating. Um, this does sound like the guy who would be able to do this justice. They are shooting for an R rating for sure. No, no, no. I I the, I can only presume right. based on a the director and b the content. Mm-hmm. You put these two things together. Oh man, you try and PG thirteen this thing, you're gonna get not really a riot in the streets, a figurative riot. Um, because <laughs> the, I believe this show and this concept is meant for the harsh reality of right. people being eaten. Yeah. Well, on this the article that you sent us saying is says that like the manga series uh, sold over seventy six million copies since debuting in 2009. So they've got fans. Yeah. Wow. So there's a lot be, of people that could be pissed off with a PG-13 yeah. version of this. And and they were pissed off at the Japanese uh, two-part movie because mm-hmm. it was it was just it was a slog and it was bad acting and it I don't know. I it was it just did not live up to the hype. And unfortunately, I came in there with all the hype of the of the anime and it just it just deflated the balloon completely. So Damn. Um, okay, a couple of things. Um, uh, the director, I really like when um, horror directors or d- directors who uh, have a lot of experience in like gory, over the top things get a shot at making something that's more kind of on the level. Um, the two big obvious uh, examples would be uh, Sam Raimi after The Evil Dead doing Spider Man. I yeah. felt did an awesome job. He even, you know, it's like in the, the moments that were supposed to be kind of comic book scary. In Spider-Man, you know, like the screaming and everything like that, or the villains, uh, were so good because he had the experience of making something that was scary. Great example. Right? Spider-Man 2 and Dr. Octopus, that's one of the best comic book movie scenes of all time. Um, so that's great. And the other example, of course, is Peter Jackson. Yes. Right? He had so much experience making those scary, scary B-movies that... I was scared of the orcs on Lord of the Rings. He does such a good job of making like horrible, scary creatures, and that's what you need in that place. It's every anyone can almost do like, a, all right, Galadriel is here and she lives in a pretty treehouse and she's very pretty. Ah, set up a camera everywhere, you can do that. Anyone can do it, but it's like it takes that horror um, mind to be able to do the scary elements in these things that well. So down, especially if it needs that. And two, I'll say about this Attack on Titan movie, um, we all know, and I scream about it a lot. In my own life. Oh, do you? How uh, creatively, completely bankrupt uh, the major uh, movie making industry pretty much is right now. They don't, there hasn't been a big blockbuster made out of a creative original idea in ever. All they do is like, all right, go to Marvel, what do you got? Go to DC, what do you got? Go to Star Wars, what do you got? Reboots, remakes, yeah. I'm so devastated by that that that's my pop culture is just Batman for the fourth time in 10 years Mm -hmm. and Spider-Man that uh, I love there is this entire world and I'm not super familiar with it but all this manga all this stuff coming out of all the Asian markets that is so creative now you know it's like I don't have the geekdom to sit through a big manga series or uh, it's like a big long anime of it and everything like that but if 
North American Hollywood's movie-making machine can go over there, mine great ideas, creative, original ideas. Like, that is incredible. Yeah, great concept. Uh, stop making Jack and the Beanstalk if you want a giant. <laughs> but go mine something like this. Like, yeah. that's so cool. And if they can do that, repackage it for my uh, North American uh, movie-going sensibilities, as well as, and we all know, too, like, it's such a driving force in movies right now is like how um, uh, attractive it is to those big lucrative Asian markets. You're kind of doing the best of both worlds here. You're giving me something I'm not super familiar with, but that is kind of safe, kind of tested, sold a lot of copies in its other forms, as well as has the, the excitement built into the big markets in Asia and now gives me something new to watch. That's cool. You just describing that to me, skip the trailer. I'm in. I'll, let's go together. I'm awesome. totally down with that. That's great. Concept. And, and an adaptation like this, a bite-sized adaptation. Hopefully, like yeah. nobody wants to make a bad movie, but you want to make this really good because this this is your one chance to be a gateway mm. to a new audience to maybe get them into the manga or into the into the anime and just super solidify them as fans. Yeah. And and that's sort of I think the idea behind this and if it's done well and god, I hope it's done well because they failed once already, I think it would be nothing but success for them. Okay, I think we have one more thing to talk about, and uh, I've done a lot of talking, so I'm going to hand it right over to Paul. Paul, tell me what you're talking about. Um, yeah, so it came out uh, last week that uh, there's all kinds of Pirates of the Caribbean talk right now. Um, what are we going to do with this franchise? Do we uh, perform a Johnny Deppectomy? <laughs> I saw one yes. extremely hacky writer write about it. Uh, does that need to be done with this franchise? How do we save this franchise? We're now five movies in. Um, nothing has ever recaptured the uh, perfect tone and everything that was the first movie, that lightning in a bottle, True. that accident that happens mm -hmm. when they accidentally put this quirky a character actor, Johnny Depp, as the uh, main character in a new flagship theme park ride. Like, nothing about that should have worked. And you all know the stories. Disney executives were mad at Johnny Depp. What? What's he doing? What is this? Why is he wearing eye makeup? Is he gay? Right? That was a thing. Yeah. Like, why is this pirate gay? They were mad that he was playing it like that. They hate it until they start making buckets of money. They yeah. hate it and they didn't realize. Um, so now, so they keep going back to that well because it's so, it did so well. Uh, they bloated it and darkened it for the next two movies. They were such a slog to get through, even though Bill Nighy as Davy Jones is one of my favorite performances oh, of all time. So good. Um, I love watching uh, Johnny Depp in those ones. Um, the fourth one, they were like, eh, we got to bloat it down a bit, so let's do another standalone adventure this time with a mermaid, and we got uh, a Blackbeard. Let's put that in it. Mm, mixed reviews. Uh, next standalone was trying to make it even more fun, but uh, to me... The worst part about the fifth one, if you guys have seen it, is that uh, Jack Sparrow is like, is no longer, for whatever reason, I don't know if this is a Johnny Depp thing, I don't know if this is a writing thing, but he's no longer the Bugs Bunny who's two steps ahead of everyone all the time and knows exactly what he's doing. Mm -hmm. In the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie, he's like a bloated drunk down on his luck. Because that's kind of all you can do with the character. He can't endlessly be Bugs Bunny. But... But Can't he? Why? Like, I that's know. the carrot. Like, I, I always presume that how he is in five is sort of where he came from to get him to, to where he was in one. Right. You know, like he, he had what, like, it's just sort of like remnants. Yeah. Um, and he, whatever, he bottomed out yeah. and then he comes back up and, and that's where you find him sort of in the, in the, uh, adventures of the first movie. Right. Um, but yeah, brilliant character. And it's just like, why mess with that? Yeah. 
I don't know, but it was it was hard to watch. The fifth one for me was hard to watch. And I'm, as a fan, I'm sorry that that happened yeah. to you. That sucks. Because I am. I'm a major, such a huge fan. And they just, so again, maybe it's because the first one was an accident, but they don't know what was good, maybe. They don't know why it was so good, that first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and they haven't been able to recreate it. They've been trying, though. They've been trying. Um, so now it's this idea that probably Johnny Depp won't be back. There won't be... Jack Sparrow. They're going to rewrite it. They've got the uh, some new writers, the ones who have wrote Deadpool, uh, to rewrite uh, this new Pirates of the Caribbean movie without Jack Sparrow. And uh, what do we do from here? It seems to be the only logical next move. Kind of. Um, because you can't make it any bigger, any more, you know, eccentric or whatnot. And, mm-hmm. and like I say, I think, you know, twisting that character around was not the right move. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you have to explore some of the secondary and tertiary characters or or the world I- I itself yeah. um, and not maybe not depend so much on one guy. Yeah. Um, hard to say. Is Are there any um, speculations on uh, anything beyond that? Like what, you know, if there would be like a setting or a plot or a character? Um, all that I've really heard is that they're thinking about uh, casting a woman in like the main role. That your Johnny Depp, Jack Sparrow character will now be played by a woman. Um, I'm interested to see. I'm down, of course. If that's cool, that's cool. I hope what they do is they uh, don't try and they don't get in her ear and be like, be like Jack Sparrow. Exactly. Bit, right? mm-hmm. You've got to. And that was what made that character so special to begin with was that Johnny Depp was taking as a character actor. Um, you know, it's like I remember watching it for the first time and being like, oh, shit. So he's. A pirate, but who is Hunter S. Thompson, who I'm in love with from <laughs> his Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, right? All kind of, sw- you know, like wobbly and everything like that and moving like Hunter S. Thompson did. Uh, mixed with Pepe Le Pew, Bugs Bunny, and Keith Richards. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what a great description. That's, you know, it's like, and he did that because he had all those experiences before of those other characters. He played Hunter S. Thompson. He lived in his basement. He loved uh, Keith Richards, all that. You've got to get someone who can do something that's not that. You can't recreate. You can't just do a bad impression of it. No, and that's all it would be is an impression. They'd have to go right? completely. They'd almost have to go a completely different direction with it. Unless, like, so, and if they're keeping with keeping with the sort of all of the other characters that surround him, mm-hmm. um, and focusing on that, like, I, I don't know if it would really make sense to have one that just focuses on, on Orlando Bloom's character. No, right. that's yeah. fucking boring. No, yeah, um, yeah, no. He's written as a supporting character for a reason. You know, yeah. I don't think there's that much to flesh out. There's not mm-hmm. a lot to flesh out in his character. The same thing with um, what's her name, the wife, Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. Knightley. Yeah. There's not a lot that can be done with. Have they ever explained kind of because? Zoe Saldana was she only in the first one? Yes. So like, oh, wait, what? What? Zoe Saldana? I, how do I forget this? Yeah. Was she? Oh, it's been yes. a long time since I've seen it. She's, oh man. Oh, she's so good in it too. Yeah, she's like a, a crew member on the Jack's uh, ragtag crew out of Tortuga. Amazing. Just bucking your crew, right? She disguised herself as a dude, right? At first, there's like a little bit of attention that maybe her and Jack Sparrow love each other, right? Like, yeah. uh, be worse luck not to have her on board type of wow. thing. Yeah, she's um, she's rad. She wouldn't that be cool? Is they maybe even just brought her back and, Ooh, and did something, right? And let like, her, oh my god. Yeah, because she was totally a different character. She yep. wasn't a Jack Sparrow clone, but she would be very interesting mm-hmm. to see where she's gone. But that's the kind of 180 that Ooh. would help it because it's within the universe, yes. but it is not as you say, like a carbon copy or just a gender swap of of, of this one character because yes. that has been done. I would love that a whole would, different... Brian, you solved it! Yeah. See, that's, Get that's Zoe it. on the phone! That's it! That's it. Disney! 
I'm, I'm, I'm coming for you. Just like your idea of letting, you know, give, having DC just do all the animated stuff and yeah. letting Marvel have the... Brian's got all the good ideas. Wow. Brian, I bestow you with the Coke Bottle Glasses Award. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to be enough to save it, though? Because, like, I think the thing that we all loved about the first one, that yeah. you know, and then the first one was, was popular, was Johnny Depp. Um, where I was very much disappointed with the the fifth one, the the most recent one, mm-hmm. it just, I and I I think I even read about this that they were feeding his lines, Johnny yes. Depp's lines through an earpiece. I know. Oh. He wasn't even kind of going through the process of memorizing his lines. Talk or about phoning like that. it in. That's of, brutal. Yeah, he just sort of phoned it in. Um, and yeah, it just seemed like maybe a lot of these uh, these movies that came after were sort of kind of following the wrong lessons. Like, oh, yeah. there's this really cool acrobatic chase kind of scene where yeah. they were on a big wheel that's moving and yet still sword fighting. <laughs> yes. You know, that's uh, that's I, let's 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 do more of that stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, and yeah. she's like, well, no, because when you're doing it for about 14 minutes long, it's yeah. not interesting. You know, really bloated. I'll say, though, that as much as I love uh, Jack Sparrow and that character and Johnny Depp's performance, I don't think the entire franchise hinges completely on him. I think if you watch that f- movie with the good eyes, um, uh, Jeffrey Rush Jeffrey is Rush, unbelievable yeah. as the like classic pirate, mm-hmm. the R, you know, like that guy, <laughs> the pirate captain. He was amazing in it. Um, as boring as kind of, yeah, his characters, you got Keira Knightley and Orlando Bloom are. Mm-hmm. You kind of needed them too. They were all really important pieces and spokes in that wheel. Johnny Depp really is what brought the whole thing to another level. Yeah. You know, but uh, I don't think it's just him. I think you can do other things. Again, we talk about Bill Nighy. Those movies, there's a lot going on. It's not just Jack Sparrow and Johnny Depp. Yeah. So if you really want to save that franchise, if you really sink a lot of creativity into it and you learn from, again, that first movie and what was good about it, you can do it again, I think, even without him. Good call. Good call. Yeah, because you've got your, your very much your archetypes, you know, your, sure. your 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 strange characters, and then you have the people that represent, you know, us normal people trying yeah. to figure it out, and then you have your larger and larger than life villains, and just and your quirky supporting characters and whatnot. But there's still a lot of great human drama productions made that mm-hmm. don't have a lot of those, including that main one, quirky guy. So yeah. entirely possible that it could work. It's like uh, really in the first one, the real protagonist is Will Turner. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Orlando Bloom's character. That's the protagonist of that movie, not uh, Jack Sparrow. Not really. No, Will Turner is us. He's, he's trying to yes, figure out that world. He's yeah. the that main guy. protagonist. Uh, Johnny Depp and uh, Jack Sparrow is kind of the flavor. He's the you know the one who's like his introduction into the world. He's kind of like the Ben Kenobi into pirates. So yeah, that uh, and that's the other problem too. Is it's like oh, Jack, people really like Jack Sparrow. Let's make him the main protagonist. Mm-hmm. He's kind of not that. You know, again, you kind of you kind of farmed that in the next movies. So you burn you burn out on that too quickly, I think, as yeah. well. You can't sustain that. You need flavor. Is that a pod, guys? Let's call it a pod. Do we do a pod? pod? Yeah, very a nice, pod. very nice. Paul Plastino, where can we find you on the intertubes? Uh, my name is Paul Plastino, spelled P O L Plastino, and uh, you can find me on all the social medias just under that Facebook and all that. Uh, also, again, I'll plug in my podcast uh, usually weekly with Jenny West, the PJ Party podcast. Comes out on Fridays, fun. right? Comes out usually on Friday nights. Yeah, exactly. And uh, try and get in touch with me. If you ever want to yell at me about anything on here, you can also uh, email me, paul at thezone.fm. Before I sign off, too, can I make a live pitch to you guys? You mentioned music twice and how important it is in movies. Yeah. I think it's a really good topic. We should talk about geek movie and TV show music. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would be so down for that. I'm so obsessed with it. I think about it way too much. Oh, I got a lot of things to yell about. That, that. would be a good topic. Great. That's nice. Great. Brian Boitano, where can we find you on the Intertruck? Uh, social media. So on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Boitano913. Boitano I have a uh, Facebook page called DJ Boitano. 
Joey Tano. So you can find me there. And then uh, Brian at the zone.fm, Brian with a Y at the zone.fm, if you uh, have any questions or want to yell at me about my <laughs> love for the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> Seems a challenge. To be a lot of yelling going on. Uh, on the intro thing, I'm Webmeister Bud on every social that you've heard of and probably a number that you haven't. And again, I, I'm, I'm the host, I guess. I'm just, I'm the guy on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, uh, Wednesdays at 7.20 uh, with Dylan and Jason on The Morning Zone. And I end that feature and this feature by saying the same thing, which is <gasps> bye!